0: How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Saying" podcast where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm joined by Ross Barnett, who is the co founder of Two Fly Guys Media. Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah. I think you say uh, <laughs> co founder. Who's the other founder?
0: I am the other co founder mm. of Two Fly Guys. You know, uh, looking at them, the Two, two Fly. Two Fly Guys. Tell me a little bit about TwoFly. What is TwoFly to you?
1: I don't know, it's just uh, two friends who started a media company and trying to uh, answer the need for video in the world.
0: All right, I like that. You know, um, two Fly guys started really, I guess in the depths of the boiling shrimp, if we want to bring it back. The old shrimp days. Yeah, so uh, Ross was working there and then uh, I'll tell you my version of the story and right, you tell me. me give me your story. version and I'll give you my version because I think they're a
1: little different. But OK, it's, it's fine. Just go. So,
0: so from what I remember, uh, Ross was working at the Bull and the Shrimp. He was hosting at the time uh kind of like you know running a restaurant as best as he can uh in fact i remember a few times ross told me that people would come up to him and be like hey this
1: this is true do
0: you do you own the place what what was it about it that made people feel that way it's because i acted like i owned the (laughs) place
1: (laughs) 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 nothing nothing else set me apart except for the fact that i acted like i knew everything about the restaurant that's awesome
0: that's awesome I, i think that that's huge you know that that uh I guess that um, confidence in yourself, I think, was has always been there, and it's always kind of like shown through. And I saw that very early on. Uh, Ross came to me and said, "Hey, like, I have an interest in business," and uh, I was like, "Okay, well, you know, what does that really look like?" And um, and and we we started talking, and he said, "Like, you know, video is something that is is definitely interesting to me." At that point, you had made a few music videos or something like that, right? I think at that point in my career,
1: I owned a GoPro.
0: And I was very
1: interested in making videos, like travel videos and little things with just the GoPro. But I also remember a time in my life where I didn't want a real camera. Because I was like, oh, like a real camera would set me... bet. Like I can just do everything with a GoPro. Like why do I need a real camera? And I think at the point where we had this conversation, I was... I was still just working with the GoPro. I might have just gotten my first, like, Canon T-something um, yeah, I, But, I, yeah, I was just rocking the GoPro and uh, working with some videos there. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I remember uh, you came to me and you said, hey, look, like, this is something I want to do. I was like, all right, well, I, I, I understand how important video was. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, Ross, like, how about you make some stuff the restaurant and we started our first one was kind of like this them sweet potato fries yeah <laughs> and and um th- this is what's interesting about it like that first video if you go look back at it honestly sucked i i didn't want to <laughs> say it myself like i i, I just i'll let you say it. it was not the best right and i think like actionable like for me, like that action to say, okay, let's just put this out there, see how we can improve on it mm-hmm. is very important in the way that I conduct myself in business, right? I'll go ahead and get a product product out there. I'll see, you know, what I can do to iterate and then slowly change it over time so that it can kind of like evolve into the final form. Yeah. But that second video was, do you remember what it was?
1: That was the grilled salmon.
0: Oh, man. Ooh. That put it out, uh, that honestly put it on the map, you know? and uh i thought that everything like was locked in i had people coming up to me saying oh man that that video was so looks so good like you know what are you guys doing for that and i was like all right well i think there's definitely something here we're, we're getting somewhere nice my
1: uh yeah and that's pretty much the birth of two fly right there
0: i okay yeah
1: my, I, my version is uh am i ready to go for my yo, version? Go ahead, go ahead so go ahead so my version is uh pretty similar i was uh working at the Old Boiling Shrimp as a host, and I don't know. Like, I I had kind of a passion for making video, but hadn't really done anything professionally with it in the past. And I remember a conversation with you one day that was basically like, hey, like, I'm kind of interested in doing video, and Adam's like, oh, do video for the restaurant. And I'm like, all right, cool, I'll do that. And I think we worked out some sort of price deal, and then I was like – it was just about every week where we – filmed one video we kind of sat down and was like okay here's what's wrong with it here's what's good with it here's where we can make it better and then took that home came back the next week made another video all while I was still working at the restaurant so it was I was just basically there every day and then uh yeah they just kept getting better and better and better and better and I think a lot of that had to do with the collab process so it was me showing up and filming and saying, okay, like, what do we want to film? What, um, like, what do we want to showcase about the restaurant this week? And then you coming at that with like, let's go this route or let's go this route or let's go this route and constantly collabing together just made for a much better product in the end.
0: Absolutely. Um, Let me uh, ask you a question. Do you remember how the name came along? (sighs) I'll give you one
1: guess who came up with the name Two Fly Guys Media. That would have been Adam saying himself.
0: No, that's not me. <laughs> that's was totally, that me?
1: Totally had to have been. Why? Me. Why was that me? All right. Uh, what do you remember I about don't, that? I don't remember anything about the name. I just know it's, wow. it's ridiculous and um, kind of out there for a business name. And so there's only one person in my head who could have come up with it.
0: A hundred percent. That was you. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Let me explain. Right, let me right. explain the reasoning why. You, you, so you, give so, me give me the reasoning. All right. So so the so the name came from us like. We, we we were into drones for a period of time, Very right? Very into drones. We yes. were like, oh, like, you know, we should kind of like, like create a... I, a drone was my first real camera. Okay,
1: that's right. Actually, that's a, that's a good part of the story there. So I had a GoPro, then I bought a drone.
0: I started making just drone videos, then I got a real camera. So that period of time while you were just making drones, you said, hey, w- what if like, we created an Instagram account? And then mm. that we started coming with names. Because like, you know, I was still at the restaurant every single day, and I would come sure. up to the front and be like, oh, like, what, what do we call it? Uh, and we came up with like uh, three or four names, and two fly guys was actually one of them interesting that is from what i remember because what what was the name of the account that you had so the the account that i had that was
1: just drone only videos was called statesboro skies that's right we lived in statesboro statesboro has some cool sunsets every now and then it was just statesboro skies and i'd go through and just make drone videos all around town that's right and uh yeah, I guess I don't really remember the You don't whole, remember
0: the Two Flat? How how Two Flat started. A hundred and ten percent that was but, definitely but now you, it but
1: now <laughs> the brand is in, embedded in my blood. Like I don't I don't know anything else besides
0: two flat. All right. So uh, let's let's ask you something else. Um, you know, a lot of people want to make media production their full time gig. There's a yeah. lot of people that it's, you know ask it's you all this. Big the time. on Instagram right now. Like, sure,
1: hey, make this your full time like it l- looks fun. I don't blame them. It it is fun. True. I mean, you I know, the, the
0: creativity that we kind of like put into our our you know products and mm-hmm. the way that we approach business is is definitely it has its angle. But let me ask you this. So, you know, if you had any tips for, you know, entrepreneurs out there that are getting ready to maybe go into the media production game, what would it be? Well, how have you been able to find success? That's a big question. Uh, so let's
1: start off with Um, just like what we were talking about earlier with the boiling shrimp days. Um, I don't know. I I, like, I was doing weekly videos or every other week and they were a very, 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 like I wouldn't even touch a project for what I was getting paid then. Mm. But then it was, I was excited. I was ready. So I think the first bit of advice is get every project you can. Um, Mm. I'm not a big advocate for ever working for free, but like if it's a $50 gig, if it's a $40 gig, like, get those projects and get started to build portfolios an interesting word because some people overuse that term but get get started get something that you can actually start um, working towards and like get a feel for things and start s- just start that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest step step number two i would say is start creating uh, personally uh, mm-hmm. that's a big one i see nowadays is so many people will be like hey like how do i get started on um like how do i get started filming videos for companies or how do i get started filming videos for anything and i'll look at their instagram while they're messaging me and they haven't put out a single bit of personal content ever Mm. and so that is like that's one of the biggest things for me is create personal content and a lot of that like a lot of the stuff you'll see on my Instagram literally filmed on my iPhone mm. because I whip out my phone really quick film something film something film something throw it into final cut or premiere edit it and then create something just for Instagram because obviously like I wouldn't bring my iPhone to a um to a photo like to a shoot today like professionally mm-hmm. but for something just for the internet or Instagram it gets your creative juices flowing. It gets you started, but it also lets other people know that you enjoy doing video. That's right. And that's one of the biggest things to overcome is nowadays, like you can basically change your bio online and you can be anything you want, but how are you going to let people know that it's actually a passion of yours? So I would say start anywhere, pick up any jobs you can and actually create personally because chances are you already know 10 people who want to hire you. Who just don't know that you do that yet
0: that's right, and, and I think that you know you hit on something that's really important in there, and it's you know what's extremely valuable about um the video. Process is not so much like the gear that you have. I think, you know, so -hmm. many times people just dive again. It's like, oh, well, I need this camera. If I have this camera, then everything is going to be right. If I have that light, everything's going to be right, which is nice. I mean, those things allow you to do those things. But at the core of it, video is really about telling the story, right? And regardless of if it's a wedding video Mm -hmm. or if it's a business video, you are telling some sort of story that needs to be, you know, uh, communicated. To the people that are watching,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: And so, like you know, you you highlighting that I think is is a major major thing. Yeah, like uh, just I mean,
1: over the years I have collected probably way too much gear, Um, and it that's the fun. It's a fun part to buy a new camera or buy a new light or buy a new audio setup. But in the end, like if you can't create something off of my first camera, like I still own all of the first cameras I ever had Mm. and I still use them every weekend because they're still good cameras and if I couldn't create something with those cameras, I'm not going to be able to create something with a $10,000 setup or something bigger. So starting with what you have, like kind of, I mean, kind of goes into what I just said earlier about the iPhone. Like if I can't make a decent video with my iPhone, then I'm not going to be able to make a decent video with a cinema camera. Those, Mm because the the storyline matters so much the overall image quality, 90% of people aren't going to be able to pick out the little things. And 90% of your jobs right now for social media marketing aren't looking at the highest quality cinema gear available. So if you can't make something with a $1,000 camera, you're not going to be able to make something with a $10,000 camera. It's easy to say now that I have gear, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so important not to stress about every little piece of gear that you have. Mm-hmm. Get things that you need for the job. If you can't afford them,
0: rent them. And then, continue on with the job. Yeah, that's great, great advice. Um, let's let's talk. Let's move on to the next topic. So you know, uh, to fly after kind of like that first transitional period, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of like started moving into uh, more and more projects. And you know, we started with these um, these concept videos, and mm-hmm. we would. I think I've, our strategy for businesses out there has always been to create some sort of concept that we can a- apply time and time again, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so a good example of this is like initially for the Boiling Shrimp, we had these, uh, we called them insider food videos. Yeah. And that's that was kind of like the the brand itself, right? Back in,
1: I haven't seen a lot of them recently, but back in like 2017-ish, insider was this company I guess I'm, I guess they're still a company but they were mm-hmm. making these videos about different restaurants and they were about 30 seconds long they had little descriptions of like oh this is why you should check out this food truck this is why you should check out this place and that's kind of why we call them insider style because it's a very phenomenal social media style of video that we were able to take videos from the boiling shrimp and videos from other restaurants and implement them right here
0: locally. Exactly and so like what we did there was like we said I, 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 I said I wanted everything to match. Mm-hmm. The font the colors that they use right down to the colors of the font exactly because like for me uh these companies have made um have spent so much money on like you know creating this concept and Mm -hmm. there's something in there that works right Mm -hmm. and so for me being able to see that and i guess mimic it for the purposes of driving traffic Mm -hmm. i think was one of the reasons why we saw so much success from that Mm -hmm. um but eventually what that turns into is us creating our own concepts yeah. so for you like you know with all the all the concepts that we've done so far which have been I guess your favorite
1: obviously I mean I don't like to pick favorites okay because uh, if I pick favorites that means I didn't like uh, a certain brands that I yeah, have sure, done sure, so sure. so I can't I can't pick favorites but I mean just that style like you were just talking about of like seeing a different company's style or way of doing things seeing a couple different versions of that and then honing that down and creating your own like that is so important mm-hmm. so with those insider style videos granted like yeah we had the fonts and the colors but like it wasn't down to an exact t we were able to take what they were doing and make it our own and so that was the the cool thing about it is in the end like it it started out like as hey we really like this style let's try to mimic it and in the end it worked into okay this is our own developed style mm-hmm. um but yeah that's uh I don't know. Like, as far as a favorite, I like all of our videos. What are you talking about? Nice.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, we'll let you just uh, go on that one. Um, you know, for me, I think that uh, as we move forward, we're constantly creating like value within the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, brands themselves have you know those stories stories to tell. And you know, when we sit down with clients, we we kind of figure out what their brand is all about, like mm-hmm. who they are. Absolutely. And then from there, from that, we reverse engineer. And look at okay, well, how can we how can we put out um, videos that mm-hmm. also align itself with that story? Because mm-hmm. if it's not aligned, if you have like something that's completely random, then you know sometimes it works. Yeah. For example, like the rap video, <laughs> like like that. That's something that <laughs> no restaurant video. has uh, uh, any business doing. But it also brings like a freshness to it, right? Yeah. Which is very in line with what you know. So yummy is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think that what, what is your approach in terms of how to advertise for businesses? I mean, the biggest approach is seeing, obviously
1: like looking at their, um, cause I mean, social media is not everything, but it's a big part of advertising today. So looking at their social media and seeing what their current followers like, what their current followers enjoy to see, and then taking whatever their current followers enjoy to see and amplifying that like crazy so if it's a very um like hometown business where they love to see employees faces on social media and like sometimes you'll see this where they're like oh we have this product for sale like one like zero likes like no interaction oh hey employee of the month greg here is been with our company for 30 years nine million likes 100 comments about how much they love greg then you then you get an understanding of like oh relatability with um, specific employees is like very beneficial to this company. So then you can create that in a video and have all of their like big big names in that company. Um, and it's just little things like that of looking and actually understanding what their clients enjoy and mm-hmm. what their clients because the more your clients will interact with a comp- like with a post or with a, a product, then the, the better
0: it is to sell. And I see this across the uh industry often mm-hmm. where the videos that are being produced are 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 great looking shots mm-hmm. right they they look really nice, they look super clean, like you know the quality is there because mm-hmm. the equipment's good mm-hmm. but it just lacks in any sort of like i guess movement of people right I see it, and it's like okay, like I don't understand why i'm looking mm-hmm. looking at this tell me why right yeah. let's move it to something else. So, you know, one thing that I think that we also execute extremely well on is being able to identify themes that are happening in social media and then capitalize on those themes for the purposes of advertising. Uh, can you give me an example of how we've been able to do that?
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the fun part when you, uh, see things going on and then are able to implement them and continue on with them. Um, a good majority of that has come just from videos out of this restaurant. So out of So Yummy. Um,
0: boy, I don't even. There, there's been too many.
1: I don't know. What's a good example of one?
0: I would say, you know, uh, so the mannequin challenge over at mm. Bone and Shrimp. Yeah. Uh, we also did a, a video. Uh, this was way back. when. This is actually before your time. Probably. Um, the, uh, the Drake uh, uh. Hotline, hotline Bling
1: way back then yeah. yeah
0: and so like those those videos to me obviously have captured an entire uh nation's attention mm-hmm. and if you're able to play off of that it will automatically kind of like boost you as well right mm-hmm. and so being able to see the opportunity because when you're looking at that content it doesn't always like click and say okay how can i apply it to my business mm-hmm. but rather like there is a a way that you can think about it, or a way that to shoot it, so that it does.
1: Yeah, giving your business a personality online is a big, big thing that not a lot of people talk about. So, so Yummy has a very playful online personality, very uh, always like pushing the bounds, always being hilarious. So, like same same with Boiling Shrimp, and those those draw attention because. Nobody really wants to interact with a seafood restaurant online or nobody really want to interact with an Asian restaurant online. They want to like they want to interact with something funny or something and then incorporate that with your business is the is the joy of things.
0: Yeah. All right. And uh, so, you know, one of the things that I want to continue talking about uh, that we mentioned before was, you know, this concept of entrepreneurship. You know, Mm -hmm. I think everybody in this day and age, entrepreneurship has become very attractive to them because you Mm -hmm. get to make your own hours, you get to kind of like you know call the shots. Do do you think that everybody is an entrepreneur or has the ability to become an entrepreneur?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, you changed it with that last part. Do I think everybody is an entrepreneur? Absolutely not. There are some people who do very well by understanding, like going to work every day, like having a nine to five, they enjoy that. And that is awesome. Like I, I get caught up and you see this a lot sometimes like on Twitter where entrepreneurs think that they're the coolest thing in the world. And just like, everybody should be like me. Like, why isn't everybody an entrepreneur? No, like the world needs people who like to work for other people. Mm-hmm. And that is completely okay to work for other people. Um, I, I hate the idea that entrepreneurs are just better. But so, I mean, going back to the question, do I think that everybody is an entrepreneur? Absolutely not. Do I think that everybody can be an entrepreneur if they put their mindset to it? Absolutely. It mm-hmm. is it is 100% a, a mindset to get up and work for yourself every day. And 90% of that is just in the, I guess you can use the, the cool word of hustle here, but like 90% of that is in the hustle of like, are you going to be A good boss to yourself like or are you going to slack off and not be a good boss to yourself and so yeah i mean yes and no on your question there well like Mm
0: -hmm. the thing about it is so so let's dive into that you know Mm -hmm. um I, i know this just because like we've been working together so much but Let's let's talk a little bit about when you were introduced to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So at a younger age, kind of like what it was your journey uh, with with business. Oh,
1: this is a fun story. I was actually thinking about this last night. So back in middle school, one of my uh, I don't, it, it, a lot with me kind of stems from my mom and dad, both very they can they see monetary value in everything, and like they are both I mean both have had several businesses like growing up. Growing up, they were always kind of owning their own businesses and things like that. So I guess an early example of this in middle school, I'll, I'll give you a short version here. My brother and I are both obsessed with paintball. Mm-hmm. All right. Paintball is a fun sport. Somehow we were able to save up Christmas and birthday money and put all of our money together. And we bought one of those air up paintball courses. So like the type that you see like on professional paintball shoots. Okay. So we grew up on a lot of land. Like we had a lot, of, we had a massive playground. So we had a a full on like paintball course. There was probably like 20 something different bunkers that you aired up. And every Saturday or so we would have 20 something friends come out and obviously paintball guns, they run on compressed air. And so people would bring their like air tanks and then they would need a place to fill them up because if you're playing paintball all day, you're going to go through three or four different air tanks. And so my dad basically bought this massive, like eight foot tall air tank and we would take it down to, there was some store in Savannah that would fill them up. And it was like, I think 30 or 40 bucks to fill up that big air tank. But in most people's minds, they'd be like, oh yeah, $30 to fill up the air tank. Let the kids play all day. No big deal. But in mine and my brother's minds, kind of also transferred from my parents' minds was, hey, that air tank costs $40 to fill up. Charge all your friends $5 for air every day, all day, which $5 for air was a great deal because there was 15 to just fill up like one tank at Walmart or something. So they would all of our, we'd invite twenty something friends over all of them would pay five dollars. me and my brother would wind up making a hundred and something bucks that day, and so we would be able to buy our like next paintballs and things like that from the side but like that was just kind of a a mindset that was kind of instilled at in us in a young age
0: so how old were you at this time?
1: This was seventh grade
0: seventh grade, and then uh was this idea i guess Did this flow through, I guess, your parents? Did the parents kind of like guide you and say, hey, what you should do is such and such?
1: Very much so. And that
0: is a lot of my
1: like entrepreneurial side is seeing things kind of like my parents would always see things through, I say like see things through a monetary value, which is important as an entrepreneur because you need to see money in everything. Like if you are not 100% budgeting the whole time and not seeing where your dollars are flying out the window, you're not going to make it as an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. that is still a very a very good entrepreneur mindset. I would say number 2 this one gets into my illegal days back in 8th grade. Uh-oh. The Here the, we mid- go. the middle school was uh they would do a yearbook CD. So at the end of every year, they would take all the pictures and do a little slideshow and it would be on a CD. And I think they sold them for $10. So I don't know. This is before I thought about laws, I guess. But I I bought one of those CDs and then I took it home and I made 10 copies and I sold them for $5. (laughs) And I got in trouble in middle school. And I remember my dad going, hey, don't do that. But that was pretty smart. And
0: like so so did the did the school reach out to him?
1: I I think they probably called my parents and was like, yo, your your son's selling bootleg CDs and then he was probably like, Ask my boy. But (laughs) but I I very much like remember my dad like not being mad, but like having to be like, Hey, like don't do that, but I mean good good work, but like no, like that's you still stole something, but like no. So that was the that was the middle school entrepreneur days that I can remember. In, uh, in high school, and anybody who knows me will probably know exactly what I'm talking about here, started the old iphone repair days ross on the real <laughs> that was the business name for anybody uh, who doesn't know i love that so sophomore year of high school i'm every bit of 15 years old at the time the iphone 4 is just coming to verizon and everybody in our area had verizon and everybody in our area was getting iphones so i was one of the first kids to have an iphone and i was like heck yeah i'm so cool like i got an iphone de doo everybody else started getting iphones so then i wasn't cool anymore and I found something online one day where you could change the the color of the front glass and the back glass. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. Like, I'm going to buy a blue one because nobody had blue iPhone. Nowadays, they make them in all kinds sure. of colors. But back then, they had white and black. And that was it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get a blue one. So I ordered... This kit online. I think, I don't even know. I ordered it online. It came in and I spent like seven hours one day taking apart this entire brand new iPhone, all the way like millions of screws everywhere and putting the whole thing back together. And I had a blue iPhone that worked. And after that, I was like, I have just unlocked the secret gift of iPhone repair. And this was back in the day of the iPhone 4, which if anybody knows anything about iPhone repair, like this was the hardest iPhone to repair because you had to take the back off, you had to take everything out of it, then you had to take the screen off and put a new screen on. So I started basically like I would go around school and I had this blue iPhone. And everybody was like, yo, like that's not a case. Like that's a, that's an actual blue iPhone. And it was a great marketing tool because then I could say, oh yeah, if you ever break yours, like I can fix it. And if, if you want to pay a little more money, I can get you a cool color too. And so that started the days I was 15 because I can remember not having a driver's license yet. And kids would give me their phones at school with money. And I would, my parents would pick me up from school. I would take their home, their phone home for the day, fix it that afternoon and bring it back to them the next day at school. And that started a whirlwind of, um, almost a business that I couldn't get out of. Mm -hmm. So that lasted me and was a great source of income all through high school into college into college and for any of those who don't know i was in college a long time so i uh through at least five years of college where i was basically like didn't have a real job at some times was just fixing iphones at one point i was fixing probably five a week yeah and with with the newer phones like the sixes and up i guess like the five i guess it was there a five yeah there was a five I think. I don't know. Anyways, with the fives and sixes there, they kept getting more and more like easy to replace, but also more expensive to replace. And so at a time I was making probably 80 to a hundred dollars a phone, fixing five a week as a, as a full-time college student. And it was a phenomenal source of income. And yeah, that was probably my biggest entrepreneur side up until two fly came along
0: yeah so like i i remember uh speaking with you about your iphone repair business at the restaurant mm-hmm. and you were asking about like okay well how do i track inventory how do i identify like how much this business is making and i think that's one of the I, things that i had no idea
1: i know i'm talking i didn't track a thing i ordered parts people came to my door i fixed them i got paid in cash And I, I just, I just, that was it. Like I didn't track anything. I didn't, I didn't write down anything. I didn't have anybody's number. Like it was just a interaction, 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 interaction. And that was something that I think was a big failure in that business Mm. because I was never able to track exactly how much I was making per phone, exactly how much I was making per month, per week, per day. And so I never knew. And that's part of the reason why I had the job of the boiling shrimp in the beginning Mm -hmm. is because- I needed some sort of minimum wage 20-hour-a-week job just to cover my baselines, and then everything iPhone was so much like more. But because the iPhone income was so up and down, I, I felt like I needed some sort of baseline income in my... In my work, but yeah, I remember that conversation of like, "Hey, how do I track this?" And you're like, "Oh boy." <laughs> yeah, and, and so
0: like, you know, that was one of the things that actually like pulled me to to you because like, I mean, obviously like entrepreneur like you know to the bone, mm-hmm. and when I see that, I'm like, "Oh, right, well, there's definitely some talent here," because being able to pull something like that off. I mean, people talk about it all, all the time of like, "Okay, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that," but seeing someone being able to execute and create like revenue from like you know like off iPhone repair, mm-hmm. that was, to me, was really impressive. And so, like, that's why, you know, you know, moving forward, when you said, okay, well, I have an int- interest in video, I was like, all right, well, I can trust this guy because he can figure out the problems, right? Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is a lot about how do you, like, fix problems that are existing and how do you make that happen?
1: Adapt and conquer.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's my motto right there is, did you, I mean, you're
1: going to have problems come up. You have to adapt to those problems and you have to figure it out and you have to keep moving on. And that was, eventually I was able to get out of the iPhone business and how, because I had a policy where I, if I ever broke your phone, I would fix it or I would just pay to replace it. And the newer phones kept getting more and more complicated. And I kept getting less and less interested in the business. And I think I broke two in a row Mm. and spent probably like 2000 at Verizon. I was like, all right, I'm done. Like I, I swiped that card and I said, all right, I'm out. Like no more clients. And it was a perfect, it was a perfect way to get out of the iPhone business and flow perfectly right into video and so i'm I'm, I'm thankful I was able to finally get out of it because it's addicting like when you have something that's making money and you you don't want to do it anymore, you either lose passion and start having a worse product or you finally
0: just have to quit cold turkey and so that's what i had to do with the iphone and you're talking about that transition i think that a lot of people go through that transition Mm -hmm. right where this is where my income is coming in from right now Mm -hmm. and then stepping into something new that could potentially do well or could not because at that point videography was like had that been like rolling for a period of time i think i transitioned decently well from like
1: quitting iphones into um into going into video, but at the same time, I was working that minimum wage restaurant job that covered all my baselines. I mean, I was in college full time. My expenses were really low. That that minimum wage job making six hundred, some seven hundred dollars or so a month covered all of my rent, utilities, everything. And so I was able to utilize these businesses as just making additional money. Um, but like that, that that transition period is huge for a lot of people. Like. And this, the same was, it was the same for me, like, leaving college and going into Two fly full-time was, hey, like, am I going to be able to, like, continue this on? Like, how how much further down the road do I still have money? And that's, like, a big hindrance with a lot of people trying to go full-time into video or trying to go full-time into photo or trying to just go full-time into any entrepreneur, like, in, any entrepreneurship is that, that transition of, like, Ooh, like, is this going to work? And Mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the biggest steps to overcome. And that's where budgeting helps.
0: That's right. That's (laughs) right. Um, That's awesome, dude. Thanks for kind of like sharing that story. Um, One of the the questions that I have for you, kind of like moving into our next segment, is talking about like business partnerships. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we are partners in Two Fly Guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, I think that it's been, you know, again, one of the best moves that I've ever made professionally just Mm -hmm. because of all the value that's been given to me from the video side. And also like, you know, personally as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're great friends. Um, oftentimes, people say, "Don't go into business with friends." Right? Mm-hmm. What would you kind of like? Would you say that? That's how? How do you feel about that?
1: I, I, if I agree, I'm going against everything Two Fly is. But at the same time, I, I very much agree. Like, don't go into business with friends because, because it, it, it can tear apart friendships pretty easily. I think the difference between us is. When we started business, like we weren't best buds every single day, hanging out, calling each other every day. But the, this business has created like an awesome friendship at the same time. So I, I think with TwoFly, it was like, hey, it was more like business partner, business partner, business partner. Oh, crap. This guy's my best friend. And so it's like, dang, now what do I oh, do with crap. that? <laughs> <laughs> like, the, but like with some people, they're like, oh, like I've got my best friend George here and I want to start a business with him. I mean, it depends if George has some good assets for your business, then it might be decent to go for. But at the same time, I I don't like the business with friends idea because it it can easily tear apart friendships. Mm. And I think friendships is something that is so much more valuable than business sometimes that like you, or I mean, you have to go into it with the right mindset of like, Hey, like we are best buds. We're going to start this business. And which one do we value more? Do we value our friendship more or do we value this business more? Because like, when things go south or wrong, which one are we going to actually stick with? And a lot of people get messed up with going into business with friends because they value the business more than their friendship. And so mm-hmm. they would rather see their friendship go than their business go, which I don't know. It's a, that's a tough decision.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, for me, at least on my end, I, I think that going to, into business with the right people mm-hmm. is what is important absolutely if it's your best friend then that's fine but it has to be right and, and i need to define that so i i think you know with our friendship mm-hmm. one of the th- one of the reasons why you know our the partnership works is because we can be extremely critical of each other and and it be okay yeah absolutely but- like like extremely critical like i'll send you a video and you'll be like. Adam this sucks. what's the crap is this like why did you, why did you put this light here why did you do that but but like I know that mm-hmm. everything that's being said is to help me improve And the same thing with you right yeah. like the, the the videos that you send me I will be extremely like critical and almost like try to rip it apart as much as I can yeah uh, but for the, the reason behind that is because we're trying to make each other better and I think that's Absolutely. where it gets weird that
1: you have to go into it of the mindset of yo this isn't personal this is how you're going to make your product better. Like you send me videos all the time and I'm like <laughs> the lighting is wrong or like this is wrong or like let's fix this or if it's something that's unfixable it's like hey this is how we can do better. And like I'll send you videos all the time and you're like I I I'm not feeling that transition or I'm not like I'm not I'm not about this color. And like that is in especially in the video world that is so incredibly important is having having almost a review system where somebody close can watch and, and critique. um, And then, especially when you're growing and Mm -hmm. like growing as a videographer, because those are so important. And like, that is why like this partnership works very well is because there's, there's two minds working on every project. Mm -hmm. And so if I have an idea and I'm thinking it's going to go this way and you have the same idea, but you're thinking it's going to go slightly in this direction, we can meet in the middle and make it
0: stinking awesome. So Yeah, like that is super important. Yeah, I actually want to reference uh, this bar behind us because I think that, you know, right here at this (laughs) bar, uh, when this restaurant started, um, I would meet with Ross up here and we called it the Genius Bar because we're just being. We, uh, We
1: met, I'm talking like every night from 11 p.m. to like 3 a.m. for probably six months or probably longer.
0: I think about around 6 months and, was, and, and we were we, we were meeting for the purposes of you know strategizing and and there were some magic moments in there that you know we would take an idea and I would you know just throw cuz i'm 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 the guy that's just always like throwing stuff at the wall right literally like just always like boom 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 but you're the one that's kind of like you know filtering those things out and saying yeah. yes this one makes sense oh dude adam like, like how are you thinking <laughs> adam, adam
1: throwing things at the wall constantly and i'm like okay this would this is how it would look on camera or this is how it would look in this situation but yeah like basically we met every i would say every night for 6 months probably that's right where We are just strategizing, like talking about different future business goals, different different ideas for this place, different ideas for the company as a whole. Just so
0: many, so many ideas. And that's why this bar has always like held like really great memories for Two Fly because it always reminds me that like it's it's the it's the meeting of minds that makes things work, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, An idea is just an idea, but when when you're able to take that into into Um, action and and push it out into the world, that's when the true magic happens. Absolutely. Um, And that's been super fun to watch. Um, For you, what are your goals for the next phase of Two Fly Guys?
1: The next goal for Two Fly is obviously growth. Like I want to take what we started here and make it more than than just like, because I mean, right now we're we're a pretty small team. Like I have two part-time guys under me, me and you, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And so, I wanna I wanna take this and, and grow it. I wanna be able to train full-time videographers under me, maybe in the next five years have five full-time guys and be, be a still a small feel media company. I I love the idea that everything is like sitting like right here. Um I don't wanna grow like, oh, we got offices all over the nation because like then you're losing touch of the creativity side and like the the ideas. But I want I wanna grow to maybe like five, ten full-time guys like have a, um, just, a a yeah, just growth. I think that would be incredible. Um, so we'll see where it goes. Obviously it, if I look back five years ago right now and like, I, I don't, I don't know if I even believed a, that I could do this full time five mm-hmm. years ago. I don't even know if B like I saw myself doing this. I knew that I didn't want to work for anybody else, but like, I didn't know that it would be doing this every single day, but like, yeah. So I'm, I'm all about the future. I'm ready. Let's go.
0: That's right. I'm excited too. You know, 2Fly has so much potential. I think, you know, uh, especially on my end since you know there's so many different projects that I'm involved with I mean mm-hmm. Two Fly is really th- that arm that gets the message that I'm trying to create with all the businesses into the public but you know for me even even the You Know Adam Sane podcast I mean mm-hmm. this is being being controlled within Two Fly right we're being mm-hmm. able to see like okay well you know how can we make the shots better I mean this this layout was not this is not me this is like you kind of like putting some I so, mean
1: I adjusted a few things a but few it's, things it's, it's, it's like,
0: like <laughs> Adam wise the light here like why are you doing that why is it so high why is it so low uh, just but, making you, know, you a better person exactly. every day but, but that's the way, that, that's the reason why it works and yeah. i think that you know i'm so like um grateful for kind of like the opportunity to be working with uh somebody that you know is driven to to grow and and all that so um but with that said is there anything else that you'd like to tell the audience for all the uh
1: the young viewers out there just trying to make it um I think what I said earlier is that's, that's a big key thing. Like, don't be afraid to accept the cheaper jobs. Work with, with gear that you have. Um, don't obsess over camera gear. And partnerships are always
0: nice. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. All right, man. Well, Ross, thank you so much for your time. Uh, co-founder, Two Fly Guys Media, uh, delivering the best content to you, uh, regardless if it's a wedding or a business video. Thank you so much.
1: Peace.